Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Vertical Church. You having a good day? Happy Father's Day to all the dads, right? I told them uh, during setup this morning, I said, nothing says, fa- nothing says Happy Father's Day like a Dairy Queen blizzard and bacon, right? And if you put those two together, that would be even better. Bacon, Dairy Queen, Blizzard. Somebody make a note of that. That's what I want uh, for my birthday. Uh, All right. Hey, my name is Josh. Uh, I'm the lead teaching pastor here at Vertical Church. Man, it's just an honor to have you here with us celebrating baby dedication. Those of you who uh, dedicated a baby, uh, how how many of you, uh, your kid actually like dropped a load right while you were up here? Anybody? Because all three of my kids have done that. While they were dedicated, they completely dropped the mother load. The biggest diaper they had ever done was during their dedication. Uh, It was hilarious. And I didn't, yeah, I mean, I was like praying for you and I didn't smell it. So I guess you're good. Um, Anyway, I could have asked you and the moms would have gone, no, it smells good. Uh, The dads would have been like, "Uh, you check it out. Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, those of you who are, um, are here for the first time, we're in the end, actually, the very tail end of a series called Samson. What we do here at Vertical Church is we like to take a topic or a character or even maybe sometimes an entire uh, book of the Bible and then spend four, five, six weeks on it, sometimes longer, uh, sometimes shorter. In this case, it's just three. Uh, But we pretty much say everything we can think to say about that topic and then move on uh, to wherever the Lord kind of takes us uh, along the way. Now, I want you to uh, know two things. One, next week is going to be really, really special. It's going to be a really great uh, worship experience. I hope that you can be here uh, for that next week. Uh, we've got something special planned. And then the week after that, we're starting a brand new series. You'll notice it's in your program. It's called Cultivate. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, you know, how do I grow my relationship with Jesus? What do I need to do? What do I need to make sure is a part of my life? That's what we're going to talk about for five weeks. Now, they say we're crazy for starting a series on July 5th because it's the day after the 4th. All right, we're a little crazy, but uh, that's how we roll. That's what we're going to do. It's going to be an awesome series. And here's the thing. You know, I say a lot of times like this coming Sunday is going to be the best Sunday ever. And I really do believe that. I really do believe. It's not just hype. I'm not like just giving you the preacher spiel. I really do believe that the next series is the best series we've ever done. How many of you want to hear a preacher say, hey, um, next week, you know, the sermon's not going to be that good, and the series we're starting is not going to be as good as the one we just finished? Right? That doesn't even make any sense. Like, you want to be excited, and I'm really excited about Cultivate. But before we get there, we've got this week and next week, and they're both going to be awesome. Let me give you a little backstory on this frustrating character that we've been talking about for a few weeks called Samson. Samson, his birth was, was prophesied by an angel. An angel came to his mama and she said, hey, you're going to give birth to this, this guy named Samson and he's going to lead uh, the, the, the people of Israel as a judge. His story is found in Judges chapters 14, 15, no, 13, 14, 15, and 16. Uh, if you don't know where Judges is, take the first five books and then add two, Joshua Judges. So uh, it's in the Old Testament. And he, he, was, he was special as soon as he, was, as he was born. Now, the angel told his mama, she said, Now, I need you and your boy to go under a Nazarite vow. Now, if you're not familiar with what that means, if you haven't been here, it basically means three things. Number one, 
Samson's not allowed to drink any alcohol. No wine coolers, no uh, hard lemonades, nothing like that. No, no uh, you know, Long Island sweet teas. He can't even have that. No alcohol, not even the skin of grapes is supposed to touch um, Samson's lips. Number two, he's not supposed to touch anything that is dead. Uh, he's not supposed to have any contact with dead things. And number three, uh, he's not supposed to cut his hair. And so he's supposed to let his hair grow nice and long. And that's what most of us know about Samson, that he had really long hair and that he was really, really strong. Now, what we've discovered is that Samson had all this potential inside of him to be used by God, to do great things for God, to lead the people of Israel, and yet he made incredibly bad decisions. Uh, he, he, he continually, uh, you know, he, he, he tried to marry this Philistine girl, even though God had said in the Old Testament, don't intermarry with any of the, any of the people of Canaan because they're going to draw your heart away from me. And yet he still goes and finds this Philistine girl. He, he let his anger get the best of him as he sought after revenge, as he, as he took what God had given him, the precious gift of God, and he used it for his own selfish ambition to, to, to exact revenge upon people that had hurt him. We saw his pride mess him up. He's already broken the first two of the Nazarite commitments. He's already been drinking, and he's already touched dead stuff. So, so we can tell that even though he's got all this potential, he he makes these horrible decisions. And that we said, that's a lot like us, you know? Like we've got all this potential inside, especially if you're a follower of Jesus. The scripture says that the spirit of him who raised Christ from the grave lives and dwells in you. And so those of us who are followers of Jesus, the spirit of God lives in us. We have all the potential of God living in us. And yet like Samson, sometimes we make incredibly bad decisions that totally derails the course of our life. Now, I want to pick up where we left off last week. If you're not familiar where we left off, Samson goes to this hill. He like slaughters a bunch of people, and then he's like really thirsty, so he cries out to God, and God answers him. And here's where it says, uh, Judges chapter 15, verse 19. Then God opened up the hollow place in Lehi, and water came out of it. When Samson drank, his strength returned, and he revived. So the spring was called in Hakor, which means the place where he cried out. And it's still there in Lehi. In verse 20, now if we're, not, if we're not careful, if we're just reading our Bible, it's really easy to just read by verse 20 and, and skim over it and not even consider what the author of Judges is saying here. Check this out. Verse 20, Samson led Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistines. An experience with God, an encounter with God on this hill where he cried out and God gave him something to drink, then his strength returned. An encounter with the living God produced an experience that led Samson to 20 years of faithfulness. 20 years of leadership. In one, in one sentence, 20 years of, of prosperity and peace and relative freedom is summarized in the words, Samson led Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistines. It looks like at the end of chapter 15 that maybe Samson has finally put his past behind him. Maybe he's finally learned that, that he needs to honor God with his whole life and take serious his commitment to God and, and worship God alone. Maybe Samson's finally on the right path. And for 20 years he is, but, but what we're going to discover, kind of the tragic ending of Samson's life, is that he's doing really well, but by the end of today, 
We're going to see Samson with his eyes gouged out, his, 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 his hands in cuffs, and, and grinding at a mill as the laughingstock of his enemy. How can a person with so much God-given potential, so much anointing, so much going for him, how can a guy who was so strong mess up his life so badly? It's Father's Day today, and I want to talk specifically to the guys in the room. Now, it doesn't mean that, ladies, that you're exempt from anything that I'm going to say today. It applies to us all, but, fellas, I'm going to make specific application to you in your walk because I think, men, I think we have the tendency to have all the potential of God living inside of us and make some really bad decisions that take us completely off course. Now, check this out. Here's Samson. Here's Samson. You know, one of the things we do, we try to summarize everything in like one sentence so that it's something you can remember. And here's Samson's, here's today's kind of key thought. Samson didn't ruin his life all at once. He ruined it one step at a time. He didn't ruin his life all at once. It wasn't like just, just, Somewhere along the 20-year path of of success, he just, one day, it all comes crumbling down. No, no, no. It's one step at a time, which is the exact same way, fellas, we mess up our lives. We don't blow it all in one day. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, man, I think I'm just going to ruin my life today. No, we do it step by step. Check this out. As we turn to Judges chapter 16, look at what uh, the, the, the author says. One day, everybody say one day. One day, Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. Now hold up. Come on. Twenty good years. He's about to waste for what? Twenty seconds? Let's face it, right, fellas? Awkward silence. One day, he just makes a decision. One day. One day, you see, everything's going good, and then one day, he doesn't blow it all in one day, but in one day, he starts making decisions that lead him step by step into a, a, a spiral of being completely out of control. Look at this. One day, Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. He went in to spend the night with her. The people of Gaza were told, Samson is here. So they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the city gate. They made no move during the night, saying at dawn, we'll kill him. A couple things here. Gaza, if you're not familiar with kind of the geography of of ancient Israel, Gaza was the Philistine military headquarters. It It was ground zero for the Philistine army. It was, it was the headquarters, the ca- it was like the place to be. And the Philistines were public enemy number one. This is, the, this is the group of people that Samson is supposed to protect the Israelites from. He's supposed to be the warrior against the Philistines, and here he's going into their capital city, getting with the prostitute of that land. Now let me show you something. Gaza is about 25 miles away from Samson's home. 25 miles. Now, because I don't have anything better to do with my week except watch my Bible hover over my desk and pray, you know, that's all, that's all that pastors do during the week is we just pray and read the Bible. That's it. And it's really great. Um, sarcasm. Sorry, some of y'all didn't get that. Anyway, I figured it up because I was wondering, you know, I wonder how many steps Samson had to take. 
to get to Gaza. I wonder, I wonder how many times he had to, to step. So I did a little math. I figured I Googled it first. I was like, how long is the average stride? I don't even know. So I just Googled how long is the average step. And it's two and a half feet. The average person, when they take a step, steps about two and a half feet. So I just started doing the math from there. I said, okay, there's 5,280 feet in a mile. So if there's two and a half feet per step, that means there's about 2,112 steps for every mile. So 25 miles means that Samson took somewhere in the vicinity of 52,800 steps. How do you ruin your life? Don't do it in one giant, like Samson's not going to take one giant step of 25 miles. He ruins it with 52,800 steps. It took him over 50,000 steps to find that prostitute. It took him over 50,000 steps to leave his home country and enter into the capital city of his enemy. But think about this. Not only did he have 52,800 steps of disobedience, Samson also had 52,800 opportunities to look and say, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? This is stupid. I shouldn't go here. I don't belong here. This is not my home. This is not where I'm supposed to go. You see, none of us, none of us take a step intentionally to mess up our lives. It's not, like, it's not like you wake up and say, you know what, my five-year plan is I'm going to become, uh, at the end of five years, I'm going to become a divorced sex addict who cannot sustain a real relationship, but I'm going to live in this fantasy porn world where all I do is objectify women and, and get off in this fantasy reality. None of us men, none of us wake up thinking that's on our five-year goal. But what we do is, you know, you're on Facebook and you see an ad on the side and you're like, click. And it takes you to another site and there's another ad. Click, 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 click. And then you've spiraled off. How did you get there? You didn't get there in just one click. You got there click by click by click by click. Step by step by step. See, we don't ruin our lives one step at a time. We ruin our, or we don't ruin our lives in one step. We ruin them one step at a time. This room's full of dads, and I can guarantee none of you in this room want to be a horrible, terrible dad. <laughs> like, I want, to, I want to be, you know, 60 years old. My kids not like me. They don't want to spend Christmas with me. They don't want anything to do with me. No, 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 no. We don't want that for our lives. But, but what happens is just step by step, bad decision after bad decision. I've got a great marriage, I've got a good wife, or I've got a good husband. I love my life, but you know, I was just walking down the street one day, and I saw this person of the opposite sex, and there happened to be a bed right there on the sidewalk. And so we just jumped in, and I don't even know how it happened. No, no, no. What happens is, you're at the gym, flirt here, flirt there, let's exchange, let's become Facebook friends, let's follow each other on Instagram, like here, like there, secret Facebook message, secret text message. One step at a time. We don't, nobody ruins their life in one giant step. No, no, no. It's step by step by step. And Samson took three steps that I want to show you today. And it's the same three steps that all of us in this room have the temptation to make if we're not careful. And it's these three steps that will completely take us off course and we'll end up just like Samson. 
if we take these steps. Number one, if you're taking notes today, the first step Samson takes in our passage is Samson taunted his enemy. Samson taunted his enemy. Look at this, Judges chapter 16, verse 3. But Samson lay there only until the middle of the night. Then he got up and took hold of the doors of the city gate. Together with the two posts and tore them loose, bar and all, he lifted them to his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Now, what is, what, what is, what is the author talking about here? Well, the, the, the gates of a city, the gates of a city is not like a hollow core door at your house, you know, that you can just lift up off the hinges and, and, and carry into your garage. The gates of a city are the main entrance into that city. And they are not light. <laughs> Scholars estimate that these particular gates weighed somewhere in the, in the area of 700 pounds. So here's what Samson does. He takes the gates of the city, the main entrance into the city, he rips them off their hinges, 700 pounds, shoulder presses it, just like I do when I'm working out with 700 pounds. He shoulder presses it and carries it up a hill. Because here's the deal. If you're, if you're in the city and an enemy's coming, if you, your, your thought is, if I can get to the city and shut the door. How many times have you got con, con, completely freaked out trying to get into your house? You know, you know that thing where you think like a serial killer stalking you, and so you're trying to get the key in as quickly as possible, and you're like racing against time, and you get in and you shut the door because you know, if I can shut the door, I'll be safe. It's the same way in this ancient city. If the enemy's about to attack, if we can get into the city and close the gates, we'll be safe. So you know what Samson says? When I'm here, you're not safe. What are you going to do? You're going to shut these gates? I'll rip them off the hinges, and I'll carry them up on a hill. Because if I'm here, you're not safe. I'll do whatever I want to do. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. Because I can take your security. I can take your safety. You, you will find no place to hide when I'm coming after you. What's he doing? He's taunting the enemy. What are you going to do? Look what I can do to you. What are you going to do to me? How many of us put ourselves in situations where we are basically taunting the enemy? We put ourselves in stupid situations. You know, we have the desire to honor God. Like, we want to honor God with our lives. We want to be faithful, but we keep putting ourselves in situations, stupid places, where it's all too easy to dishonor God. Like, the, the, the enemy doesn't even have to attack us because we've already put ourselves in, in, his, in his sights. He, it's like, you know, let's say you're at work, right, and you just, you just finished a major project. Like, everybody's high-fiving, it's a success, everything's gone great. Hey, let's go out for some drinks. All right, that's cool. One drink later, two drinks later, your spouse isn't there, but there are a bunch of beautiful women, three drinks down, four drinks down. You are not in a place to make a good decision. What are you doing? I want to have a great marriage. I want to be faithful to my wife, and I'm lit in this bar, and there's beautiful women hitting on me. You just put yourself in a stupid situation. You did not set yourself up for success. You set yourself up for failure. You put yourself in a position where all the enemy has to do is, is, is give you just a little nudge because you're taunting the enemy. And we do it all the time because we think, I can handle this. This is no big deal. What are you going to do about it? I got this. Or a different analogy. Let's say you're financially strapped. 
right? Like, like you're, you're living on a budget and you're trying to honor God with your finances and you're trying to stick to your budget and you're trying to make wise decisions with your money so you don't have extra money to spend, but you'll say, hey, let's go walk around Best Buy and look at the new TVs. What are you doing? You're tempting yourself. The enemy doesn't even have to do it for you. You're doing it to yourself. Oh, man, I'd really like that TV. Well, you know, if I just move this couple of things around and we miss this payment and we don't pay this and, and we, we step back on our giving, we can, we can get that TV. What happens is we taunt the enemy by putting ourselves in situations where temptation can easily grab us. But Pastor Josh, I thought God always gives us a way of escape out of temptation. He does. It's just many of us are zooming down the highway and we pass the exit ramp. Like we're flying by it and God's like, hey, the, the exit was there. <laughs> what are you doing? We taunt the enemy so often because we underestimate the enemy. We underestimate the enemy. We don't realize that he is actually, that, that, that we have a real enemy who's whose mission and goal is not to wound us or hurt us, but to devour us and destroy the work of God in our lives. And we underestimate him. We taunt him. I'll never give in to that. I'm good here. I'm safe. No, you're not. Number two. First thing Samson did, he taunted the enemy. Number two. Samson rationalized the same old sin. He just rationalized the same old sin. Remember in week one, week one we saw Samson, we talked about just a second ago, he, uh, he went after a Philistine girl, and, and God had already said, don't do that, that's not, a, that's not a good idea. But now we see him, just as we started, he's going after a prostitute in Gaza, another Philistine girl. Look at this, verse 4, chapter 16. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. All week, man, I just been want to call somebody and dedicate a love song. Like, I don't even know why. Like, I want to I I dedicate this to my wife, Hope. She's been such a good wife. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Anyway, my brain needs medicine sometimes, and that's this week, that's all I've been thinking about. Anyway, it's the third time. Third time Samson's trying to get with a Philistine girl. You would think he would have learned his lesson by now, but he's just rationalizing the same old sin. It's not a big deal. Just looking not going to hurt anybody. It's nobody else's business. What I do with my life, with my time, nobody's business. What's the big deal anyway? Look at this. Look, look, look what happens. Verse 5. The rulers of the Philistines went to Delilah and said, see if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver, which is a lot of money. And she agrees. I'm just going to paraphrase the next few, next few lines. Here's what happens. She goes to Samson and she says, Samson, tell me the secret of your strength. And he says, well, you know, if I'm tied up with seven fresh straps, then, then I, I, anybody can take me out. And so he goes to sleep and she ties him up with seven fresh straps. She wakes him up. Samson, the Philistines are coming. And he just rips them open, like rips them off of his arms. And she goes, you lied to me. Tell me the secret of your strength. And Samson, like the moron that he is, trusts her again. And he says, well, you know, if I was tied up with new ropes, new ropes, not I was, you know, new, I just need new ropes. He goes to sleep. She ties him up with new ropes. He wakes up. Samson, the Philistines are coming and he just rips the ropes off. Samson, you lied to me again. What is the secret 
well, okay, you know, if, if, the, if the seven braids of my hair were, were, were weaved together and tightened with this pen, then, then I would be weak. And guess what? He goes to sleep. She takes his hair, weaves it together, and puts a pin in it. And he wakes up. Samson, the Philistines are on you. And he shakes his head, and the, 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 the pin goes flying, and, and, and he's, he's strong. You would think that Samson would get the idea, but he doesn't. Why? He's just rationalizing the same old sin. It's never, it's never going to come back to bite me. Nobody's paying attention. I can do this. I got this. It hasn't hurt me yet. I haven't been found out yet. What's the chances? Look at this, verse 15. Then she said to him, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you've made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. Ladies, if you're looking for an application verse, verse 16 is not it. Uh, With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was tired to death. I'm not touching that. Here's what I want you to see. If you continually put yourself in a compromising position, you'll end up compromising your relationship with God. This is what I want you to see in this passage. If you continually put yourself in a compromising position, you'll end up compromising your relationship with God. Watch this, verse 17. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I've been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines. Come back once more. He has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hands. After putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him and his strength left him. How did he mess up his life? He didn't do it in one step. He did it step by step. He taunted the enemy. He thought, ah, they're never going to be able to get me. I'm strong. They're not going to find me out. He rationalized the same old sin. Oh, I've done this time and time again, and it's never come back to get get me in any kind of trouble. I've gotten out of it every time. Number three, Samson assumed his disobedience would never cost him. Just like so many of us, I can get away with it. I've gotten away with it before. Nobody has ever held me accountable. I've done it before. Why not again? I can do it again. And one of the saddest sentences in the whole story is coming up in this next passage. Look at this, verse 20. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. My disobedience isn't going to cost me. I'll be able to do it just like I've done it every other time. I'll get out of it just like I've gotten out of it every other time. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. How many of us are operating our lives, doing battle every day, completely unaware that the Lord has left our lives, that we're operating in our own strength? We're, we're, we're thinking, oh, man, I'm good, you know? Not a big deal, but, but in Samson's life, everything had changed. Everything had changed. His disobedience finally caught up to him. And you know what, man? You may get away with it time and time and time again. Over and over and over. But let me tell you something, dude. There's coming a day when she's going to say, I'm done. I'm over it. 
this is it, this is it, it's enough. There's going to come a day when your kids look at you and say, I'm done with you. I've put up with it for so long. There's going to come a time when your boss says, I've given you chance after chance after chance. I'm sorry, but you're not coming back. See, we rationalize and we think that, that it's never going to catch up with us. We can get away with it forever. But if you keep walking like Samson, your sin will overtake you. And it will find you out. And what you do in darkness will come into the light. Samson thought, I can get away with this. It's not going to cost me. But he didn't realize that the Lord had left him. Here's the, here, here's the tragedy, verse 21. Then the, then the Philistines seized him gouged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza. Binding him with bronze shekels, they set him to grinding in the prison. Here's the leader of God's people, the strongest man alive, judging and leading Israel for 20 faithful years. He's blind, cuffed, and grinding away in prison. How did a man with so much God-given potential end up in such bad shape? Samson didn't ruin his life all at once. He ruined it one step at a time. So here's the moment of truth for you. I, wanna, I, I want you to answer this question. I want you to, to take this question, internalize it, ask it to God. Where am I stepping away from God? I can't answer this question for you. Your wife can't answer this question for you. Your husband can't answer this question for you. Your kids can't answer this question for you. You have to ask this question when the Holy Spirit speaking into your life, where am I stepping away from God? Maybe you're on step one or maybe you're on step 52,799. It could be as simple as you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, but you're spending no time cultivating that relationship with God. You're spending no time in His presence, no time in prayer, no time reading the Bible, no time worshiping. You're coming to church. You're serving at church. Your hair's still long. You look good on the outside, but internally your heart is drifting away from Him. I, want you to, I just want to challenge you this morning. Be honest with God. God, where am I stepping away from you this morning? Here's something I can guarantee you. You're only as strong as you are weak. In this moment, I want you to be weak with God. And if you're stepping away from God in any kind of way, here's what I want you to do today. So simple, but so profound. Turn around. If you're stepping away from God, turn around. The grace of God is here to empower you to turn around. That's what, that's what the word repent basically means. It means I recognize that my life is headed in the wrong direction. The steps I'm taking are the wrong way. I'm going to turn around and go a different direction. That's what repent means. I'll show you one more verse. Why? Why I can say that God is giving you the power today to turn around. Look at this, verse, verse 22. It's like the most grace-filled verse in the whole story. But the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Listen, friend, I don't know what direction your life is heading. 
I don't know where the steps that you're taking today is taking you. But I know this. Even if you've shaved your head like Samson, even if you've completely completely withdrawn on your commitment to God, even if you've turned your back on Him and said, God, I got this on my own. I don't really need you. God can make your hair grow. God can give you the grace of God, the the, the grace and the love that that will transform your life. Even though Samson had disobeyed God, and even though the strength of the Lord had left his life, God had not given up on him. Because the grace of God starts causing his hair to grow again. It can happen for you. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, I just pray that your spirit would speak to us today in such a profound way that our hearts would just be open to whatever you would say to us. Lord, would you, would you help us answer that question, where am I stepping away from you? Where am I stepping away? If that's you today, and, and, and God's just showing you, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, and you're like, I've stepped away in some area of my life, and today I want to turn around. If that's you, you're like, I want to turn around. Would you do me a favor? Nobody's looking around. Everybody's closed because we're in a moment of prayer. Would you just slip your hand up for me? I just want to pray for you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, hands all over the auditorium. I'm stepping away from God, and I need to turn around. Thank you. I see your hand over on the left, right side. Stepping away from God today, I'm turning around. God, I just want to thank you for those who are so honest and those who who maybe they feel embarrassed and they're not really sure, but they're being vulnerable to you right now in this moment. Lord, would you just show us the areas of our lives that are out of of your plan for us, that are steps away from you. Thank you, God, for the grace. Whether we're on step one or step 49,017, we have the opportunity to turn back. Maybe you're here today and you feel like your whole life is going in the wrong direction. You're like, man, it's not, it's not just that I'm taking a couple steps away from God. My whole life is headed in the wrong direction. Listen, if, you want, if you're headed in the wrong direction and, and, and you want to go a different way, you've got to take a different step. If you continue taking the steps you've been taking, you'll go the direction you've been going. But if you want to go a different way, you've got to take a different step in a different direction. Scripture says that, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, that it's in Him that we have forgiveness and new life. You see, you've been trying to be good for so long. You've been, you've been trying to go your own way and do your own thing, but it's just been the wrong way and the wrong thing. And today, you look at your life and you're thinking, I don't know how I got here. You got here one step at a time. And the only way you'll turn it around to change your step and walk with Him one step at a time. Step away from your current way of living. Step away from from that life and step towards Jesus. God is here to help you. His Holy Spirit is here to empower you, to give you the grace and the strength to take that step. And He wants to fill you with His power and His strength to live for Him. If that's you, say, Pastor Josh, I'm going the wrong way. 
but today I'm coming home. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I want to make a complete 180 in my life, and I want to invite him to make me new. I want to turn to God today. This doesn't save you. This doesn't, what I'm about to ask you to do is not anything special. It's just a, 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 an outward sign of something that God is doing in your heart. If that's you, I'm turning to Jesus today. I'm completely changing the direction of my life by his strength and his power. And I'm turning to Jesus to save me for new life. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up real quick? Put it right back down. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand. Ma'am, I see your hand. See it? Thank you so much. This is a brand new day for you, ma'am. I saw you over on the right. Thank you so much. This is your. This is a new beginning. I just want to pray for you. Would you? You can say it out loud. Just repeat it under your breath. However you want to say it. Just, just talk to you. It's you and Jesus right now. Jesus, I turn to you today. Forgive me. Be the Lord of my life. I believe you died for me so that I can live for you. Fill me with your spirit today, God, and help me serve you for the rest of my life. I give you my life today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Vertical Church, would you put your hands together? People accepting Jesus this morning on Father's Day, celebrating the Father above. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.